theyeshiva.net. Tzadik Dalit, column four. Up it says Megillus Esther, 188, the second column. Amrish on the bottom, one, two, three, four, five, six lines from the bottom. We have Bayoim Hahu, Bayoim Hazah, Balayla Hahu, and Balayla Hazah. Zehayoim Asa Hashem, Nagila Venismachavoy. When when we have Hayoim Hazah, it's obvious that Asa Hashem and Nagila Venismachavoy. Why? Because the revelation is full force. It's daytime which is a time of vision and clarity. You see where you're going. You see what to avoid. You see what to embrace. Your destiny is clear. And within Yom itself, it's called Zeh, which is a double portion, a double dosage of revelation. It's in front of you. It's real. One could be aware of Hashem, but Yom Hazem means it's Maribet's boy. It's as though I see it. That's how, that's how real it is. That's how concrete it is. As though I'm Amr see it. Usually we call the world Yesh Me'ayin. It's something from nothing. In other words, the only way we relate to divine energy, to the divine energy, is Ayin. Not because it really doesn't exist. Maybe the other way around. But because from our perception, it's it's just not grasped by our senses. We call it ayin. It's what I don't know, what I can't pick up, I say it doesn't exist. It's ayin, it's nothing. Because in my world, in my realm, in my perception, it's ayin, which is why Rabbi Yechidim and Zakai has to especially bless his children, that at least they should be able to view Hashem yeah, as though another person is watching them. And that itself is a very powerful uh, a very powerful level of Yerushalayim. And Hashem is mamish watching what you do, what you say. But Hayyim Hazer represents not only that it's Yoyim, there's a clarity, but it's it's Zeh. It's like you could see something. So then it's the other way around. Then the world is Ayin. And Hashem is the Yesh. It's like basically Ayin Miyesh. Because it's uh, the world is just a very finite way of of, of a certain aspect of energy expressing itself. And, and actually what's held back is much more than what's expressed. On the other extreme, you have it's night, it's darkness. And the time of darkness, one sees nothing. We're talking about real darkness. Not darkness where there's uh, lights everywhere, night lights. Lila is a time of Lila, what he calls Afela. It's pitch dark. And in Laila itself, it's Hahu, which Hahu, unlike Hazah, is third person, something that's not here. Hu, you always say, that it's a term that's applied, it's called Lashen Nister, applies to something that is concealed. So in Balayla itself, you have Balayla and you have Hahu. Then there's Bayoy Mahu, which you didn't discuss yet, and then there's Balayla Hazah. There's a state of Hayoyma, Bayoy Hazah. Which happens by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, for Achlos Habasa Balayla Hazah, or Alayla Hazah Lel Shemurim. The Layla becomes Hazah, and it was actually in the middle of the night, Vahika Chatsoy Salayla, Vahiba Chatsoy Salayla, Vashem Hika Kopchur. It was the middle of the night, nighttime, which represents a time of darkness, and the Layla is turned into Hazah. Like uh, Rabbi Litzman said, Manishtana Halayla Hazah Mikola Laylas. 
Mikol HaLeilus. It was a good heart, and not just because of the term, but also the concept. Mikol HaLeilus means there are nights, but the Laila Hazed, this night is different. And the answer is in the question. Manishtana Halayla, because it's Hazed, Mikol HaLeilus. The Laila is unique, this Laila, because it was turned into Halayla Hazed. That comes after the introduction of the Koyach HaMunah, which uh, happens during the, all the years of Golis Mitzrayim, Vayamein Ha'am. And he says in Avoida, the Zoyar compares Kalvach Lovenim and Chaymer and Chalvaida Basada to Torah. But then comes the next stage. Achafshu, Achalapoidik, one, two, three, four, four, two, three, four. Six lines from the bottom, 188, the second column. Achalapoidik, Bimenuel, Torah, Neslovel, Derecheres. The Mishnah says in Bikiyav is somebody who doesn't have on them the old Torah, the yoke of Torah. They have the oil of derecheretz, which is the yoke of the enmeshment and the entanglement with the matters and the concerns and the stress of this world. Person should never think that just because his mission in the world, his shlichus, he can't be all day or much of the day absorbed in the oil of tyrant. He is in the world of derecheretz. The world of derecheretz is world of, 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 you know, of business and physical matters, can still reach the state of Laila Hazev. The explanation of this is by introducing a story in the Medrash. As usual, the references are very brief and concise. Assuming that the learner, the reader, or the listener of the Maimur already knew the source. In Medrash Rabbah and Esther, Megillus Esther, I think it's Parsha Tess, I think it's the ninth section in Medrash Rabbah Esther around there, he tells the famous story that after Haman issued forth his decree against the Jewish people, Mardachai gathered. 20, one version is 12,000 students or 22,000 children. And he learned with them, he was learning with them Hilchas Kmitzah, the laws of Kmitzah, which is the three fingerful of flour. When you take the flour with part of your, your, your hand and burn it on the altar, this was called Kmitzah, because it was Tezayanissan, the Xerah came out before Pesach, and there was a three day fast. And this was the 16th day of Nisan, when they would always do the carbon Oimer, the 16th of Nisan, we'd count Sviris Oimer, they would offer a carbon Oimer, which was basically barley, and the kernels of the barley were ground into flour, and refined, and a certain measurement of the flour, Asiris Aifa, volume of 43.2 um, 43, uh, eggs, was brought to the Beis HaMikdash, and the Kayan did Kmitza, which again is a certain separation of the flour, and printed on the Mizbeach, and the rest was baked, obviously as matzah, it was Pesach, it was usually baked as matzahs anyway, and uh, and eaten. And at that point, all the chadash, all the new crop, could become permissible for Jews to eat. Till then, you couldn't eat any of the new produce, because the carbon oimer wasn't brought yet. Today we don't have the carbon oimer, we have spherus oimer, we just count, we count, we count the seven weeks. 
it was Tazayanisan. So Mardukha was learning with the boys these halachas, halachas of what you do with a mincha. Now remember, they were in Persia, they were in Iran, they were in Shushan. They weren't in Yerushalayim, there was no Besamikdash. And Haman met Mardukhai there. Huh? Yeah, they were in Iran, not in Yerushalayim. And it was after the Khurban, there was no, you couldn't bring a carbonite. We need a Mizbeach. There was no Besamikdash. So there's a whole conversation there between Haman and Mardukhai about the carbonite. And the Medrash continues that uh, the children were fasting with Mordechai. It was a three-day fast. And the, the mothers, and, and Haman, Haman said, tomorrow he's going to kill Mordechai. But before he kills Mordechai, he's going to kill all of the children. And Lepel, when he came, Mordechai told all the children to run away, and they said, we're not running away, we're going to stay with you. Itcha anu ben l'chaim, ben l'mavis, we're staying with you, life and death. So the Medrash describes how the children were praying, they were davening for our salvation. Medrash says, Hashem heard this, and he asked, he says, he asked from the higher worlds, meaning he asked the angels, he asked, he asked the higher worlds, that's the expression of the Medrash. What is the voice of the goats? Gadya, the goats. Because it was little, little children, you know, the cry and the sound and the music that comes from the, from the mouth of babes, from the mouth of little children, has a unique sound to it, a unique resonance to it. So he says, Makal Gadya, what's the voice that sounds like the voice of goats? So the Medrash says, hey, shivu So the Olam Yoinim, the Malachim answered, Shahu Kol Bnei Yisrael. It's the voice of the children of Yisrael, the Jewish children. That's the Medrash. And of course, we know that night, you know, Cheshverish suffers from insomnia and the whole story changes. Asks the Balatanya, What he thought it was goats. He's asking the angels, they have better, better satellite connection with planet Earth. They know that it's not goats, it's children Hashem didn't know. What was this curiosity, inquisitiveness? He didn't know. He wanted to hear something from them. What's this concept that Hashem is asking them to identify the sounds and the voices as though they know better than him? He certainly knew. Ali the fun of Nikola. It's a strange thing. It's like almost by for him, since it sounds like a goat, he thinks it's a goat. And the Malachim say, no, no, it's not goats, it's people. What's the word? So, you know, we read these madrash and we hear these stories, okay? <laughs> he asked a shayla, shayin. Chaim said, Mishtaprish for Nakasha. Fine, he asked, he asked, he wanted to know. But the truth is that in every such madrash, there's tremendous oymet, there's tremendous depth. Shem thinks it's goats, and the malachim say, no, 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 you're not hearing right. You have to hear better. It's not goats, it's really children. It sounds like goats. So they're clarifying it to him. It's very strange. So you have to understand the whole story from a much deeper perspective. Hashem is identifying it as Kol Gadya. He's Taka identifying it as the sound of a goat. When he's saying Ma Kol Gadya, it's because from his experience, from his perception, it's the sound of a goat. And then the Malachim introduced their perception that it's Kol Bnei Yisrael. That's what you have to say. It's not a mistake, like, I can't hear clearly, and you're going to tell me what it is. The angels are going to educate God how to listen to the voices. 
But there's actually two different experiences, so to speak. But that only strengthens the question. So he decides that it's goats. He hears goats. Malam says, it's not goats. It's really children. It should be maybe the other way around. God should have it more clear. So the answer that the Balatanya gives is a hafludika beer, mamash. It's one of those explanations that it's, can accompany you for life, for, for your whole life. The Indian is Azay. It's not, he didn't, he, knew, he didn't know that it was children. He thought it was a big farm. Mordechai gathered 22,000 goats and they started to, everybody was, Malachi said, no, it's not goats. Just like the goat. When mommy goes away, when the mother goat, the female goat goes away, the gdi screams, it it moans. What's the expression by a goat? Uh, Bleat, right? It, It moans, it groans, it yearns, it cries, it cries for its mother. Now you're dealing with a goat. It's not that there's an element of a, a deep intellectual calculated awareness. But this is instinctive. The goat, even the baby goat that was that was just born a little while ago. If you ever uh, see how sheep and goats, it's 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 here here. Yeah, when it says gdi is it means dafka goat. Refers to all of these types of uh, animals, sheep, goats. It doesn't have to think and, and 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 grow up and think it through and understand. This is my mother, and I need her because I need milk and I want to survive and and etc. It doesn't have to go through that process. It's instinctive. It's embedded in the very composition, even of the baby goat. That when its mother is gone or its mother leaves, it chases it, it cries for it, and it yearns for it. Hashem identified it as Kal Gadia was a tremendous, profound idea. Beyond even the word profound, profound works in the world of Seich. The tzaika, the cry of the Jewish children and the Jews at that time was Beli Daz Vizbainanus. It wasn't coming through contemplation and mindfulness and, and awareness and perception. Rak machmas goidel Because of their great distress, tzok libam el Hashem. They cried out, their heart cried out to Hashem. Kamashakasov has the expression in Tehillim, kapitel kovzayin. When David Amelech describes the people who go through the challenges of life, right? Many say it, Erev Shabbos before Mincha. They scream to Hashem because of the distress. It's like giving up and letting go completely. Yeah. 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 And when does, when it's a complete surrender. Is it emotional response versus intellectual? Yeah. Yeah. Completely emotional from the core. Even beyond the, it's obviously emotional too, but it's from the core. Huh? Yeah. And when does it happen? It happens Batsar Lahem. Batsar Lahem means when there's tremendous distress, when the person doesn't know what to do anymore. 
when I still feel I have control over the situation, I'm still busy trying to manipulate it. I'll call this one, I'll call that one, I'll call that one. I'm going to dive in also because God is one of the calls. <laughs> I call this one, I call that. you got to call God too, you got to check in. But that's not this Indian. I, I thought he's an Erlich Yid, he's a fine Yid. You know, you gotta, there's a checklist. <laughs> you got a checklist. He's one, he's one of the candidates you have to have a good connection to. But this is a different matzah. That's all with Seichel, with Das, with his Bainanus. Because life affords that. There comes sometimes a moment in life, as he puts it, it's Goydel Tzarasa. A person feels sometimes completely overwhelmed. But not overwhelmed where they could manage it and assimilate it and integrate it. And then it just becomes part of the structure. There's only one thing then, complete surrender. Complete surrender. My, all, my, my, all the elements of my ego got shattered. I have no way. I, 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 and that's when I have to give up the very I. Das and his bindingness is a beautiful thing. We have to use our minds. That's how we live. That's how you navigate. You're going to try to run your business without das, without his bindingness, without thoughtfulness. I mean, that's how we live. Seichel is a very big gift. Analysis and scrutiny and figuring things out and checks and balances and innovation and creativity and organization and structure. V'chuli, v'chuli, every person according to their chushim and their kishreinus, what they do themselves or what they get help from others. But then there's a moment... Where according to Das, according to his bitterness, according to Seichel, it's not working. But Sarlaha, at this moment, the person gives up the very, very I. I can't be in control anymore because my I, at this point, is lost. That's the cry. That's why Hashem identified it as Kol Gadya. It's like the voice of the goat. The goat, when it cries for its mother... It's not done with a calculation, with a cheshbin. <laughs> I'm calling my lawyer, I'm calling my defender. This is embedded in the very core of an animal. It doesn't need das. You see, animals don't have das. It doesn't need that das. This is who it is. This is who it is. The cub and the baby runs after its mother. And when mother is gone, it causes a tremendous anguish and it starts moaning and groaning and crying. As we see with many animals, different animals express themselves different ways. Sometimes it's more visible, less visible. So when Hashem says, what's this curl of the Gadya? So the Malachim tell Hashem, this cry is without Das. But the Pshat is, it's not lower than Das, it's higher than Das. And this is where it differs from the cry of a behemoth. A behemoth doesn't have this type of das. Behemoth has instinctive perception of how it's created. So with this type of sophistication, and curiosity, inquisitiveness, behemoth never, as far as we know, behemoth never sits down to ask questions like, how did this world come into being? Why is it called Yeshmeyayan? Why am I here? Who am I? Uh, uh, to be or not to be, that is the question. Uh, what if I would have been uh, another animal? Uh, to piddle or not to piddle? That is the question. Animals usually don't go through these uh, identity crises. An animal is programmed, it is what it is. 
cute, adorable, sometimes dangerous, sometimes less dangerous, but it is what it is. So when it cries for its mother, it's not based on Das, it's Lamatam and Adas. So they're saying it's not Stam Gadia, which is Lamatam and Adas, it's Lamailam and Adas. It's a person who reached a place that's deeper than Das. They're ready now to touch a place that's deeper than the eye, even the intellectual eye. They're ready to touch truth itself. They created space for that, because that's the outcry. The outcry is, everything else is not working. Hashem, I completely surrender to you. Their tzaika is belidas without das, like the cry of the gdi of the goat, and the behemah generally, the young animal searching for its mother. It says in Tehillim, a pasuk in Tehillim, I'll quote the whole pasuk so you'll appreciate what he's saying. I think it's Ayin Gimel. Va'ani var, you remember, va'ani var, V'loy Eida. This is a Tehillim. Should be Kapitel Ayin Gimel Dachzach. Somewhere in that Sviva. Yeah. Kapitel Ayin Gimel, Pasek Chav Beis. V'ani var, V'loy Eida, Behemois Hayisi Imach, V'ani Tamid Imach. How does the world touch the Pasek? V'ani var, you know what var is? Like Ish Bar Loy Eida. I'm ignorant. A bar, garnish. I'm ignorant. I know nothing. I'm like a behemoth with you. I'm like an animal. I know nothing. And I am always with you. What's the connection? I know nothing. I'm like a behemoth. So usually we say, but I'm still with you. I know nothing. But just like a behemoth with the master, I'm with you. Balatanya says another whole word. Vani var v'loy eda behemos hayisi imach dahinuk shani imach. When I'm with you, I'm like a behemah. When I'm not with you, then I'm a mensch. When I'm with you, I become a behemah. Vani tamid imach v'havin and understand this. Vazakter. The Medrash says, there's a famous Pasuk, Shloyma Melech says, Pesi yamin lechol dover. Ve'orum yovin dover l'ashurai. A fool believes everything. That's what we say. Yeah, don't be a fool. Don't believe. Don't be so gullible. A fool is gullible. Why? Because he's a fool. Ve'orum, orum is a, v'anachashaya orum. Clever. Let's say clever. Clever man. Yavin Davala Shure, he'll look to understand something well. He wants to understand it. A fool doesn't have the abil- bi- the the abilities, the skills. So basically you sell him the Brooklyn Bridge. So he buys the Brooklyn Bridge. Whatever you sell him, because he's a pessy. He doesn't have the resources to be able to discriminate, to be able to dissect, to be able to ask. There are people, you'll feed them lies, we call it indoctrination, and they accept it. Why? Because it's a pessy. Take a look at Medrash. Medrash Rabbah, I think it's Parsha Shmois. The Balatanya brings it in a few places. And he says, Pesi yamin lechol dover. Medrash, I quote, Zem Moshe Rabbeinu. 
זה המוישה רבנו. Which is the strangest thing in the world. Moshe is considered, the Rambam calls Moshe Mifchar Minhenushi, the ultimate that a person can be, in terms of Midas, in terms of Chachma. There's a reason Moshe wasn't chosen just from the vacuum. He became the main person who transmitted to the world the divine wisdom, divine Chachma. And he remains more humble than everybody else. If there's anybody who's not associated with a Pesi, it's Moshe Rabbeinu. <laughs> I mean, if Moshe Rabbeinu is the Pesi, who exactly is the Chachem? If Moshe doesn't understand the Shtikl Gemara, who does? <laughs> Moshe doesn't know how to learn a Pasek Chumash, who does? It's the strangest thing in the world. For all people, the Medrash found Moshe as a Pesi. Identified Moshe as a Pesi. And also seems very disrespectful. Pesi Yaman L'chol Dov is a Moshe Rabbeinu. Medrash. But now you have the answer right here. I'm telling you in this mind. The Balatanya says it explicitly in other places, including in Tanya, Perikut Ches, where he also discusses the same theme, and he brings this passage by Nivar too. And here we have to understand what the Indian of Amuna is. We spoke about Amuna. What is Amuna? We spoke about this a few times, especially in the Amuna classes, the first few Shiurim. The world teaches there's understanding, and then there's faith. Understanding means I understand it. And faith means I actually don't. I can't know it, I can't prove it, I just believe you. That's why we have an English expression called blind faith. What's blind faith? Blind faith means I close my eyes and I believe. You say jump, I can't jump. Close your eyes and trust me. So the idea of faith is, I don't know if it's true, because if I know it's true, I don't need to believe. I don't need faith, for example, that uh, it's daytime now. And maybe in this room you need, but uh, <laughs> can I cook them? What do I need faith for? What do I need a muna? I mean, I could say, well, my eyes are not functioning. I'm having optical illusions. Okay, you can always say that. But if I'm trusting my eyes, I can look outside and I see it's daytime. Do I need faith that there's a table here? Do I need faith that Reb Shloyman is sitting here? Do I need faith that you're sitting here? I do, yeah. We're talking, of course, you can always doubt everything. You can say your eyes are not working and your mind is meshuggah. You know, you can always do that. You know, back to yesterday, we spoke about, you know, the physics of today. But I'm talking about within the realm of what we consider reality. I trust my eyes. I trust my ears. I trust my my, my nose. I trust my, my sense of smell. My sense of touch. It exists. I don't need faith. So many people, that's what Amun is. Amun means you don't know. You just believe. Why do you believe? Well, if there's a good why, then you don't have to believe, right? <laughs> Did the Jews of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim Atentayna have to believe? But here we see an interesting thing. Where's Amuna introduced? Where? At the greatest moment of revelation. <laughs> right? We say it every morning. Vayaminu Bashem Vayaminu Vayaminu. They saw like nobody else saw. They just left Mitzrayim. They just had ten markets. Just What else do you want God to do for you? What do you want to do? Change the world? He changed the world. What do you want him to do? Split seas? He split seas. You want water to become blood? The water became blood. Soon there's going to be Martin Taylor, soon there's going to be Man Beirish, soon there's Lebedek and Freilich. Vayiru Ames Hashem, Vayaminu Bashem Abu Mashavta. 
So the truth is, there is an element of amuna which is faith and trust. In other words, I don't see it. There's room to doubt it, and I have to accept it. But there's a whole deeper concept of amuna. That's what he's describing here. The deeper concept of amuna is pesi yamin lechol davar. Ultimate truth, ultimate truth, cannot be experienced through intellect. Not because it doesn't exist, but because intellect is a tool like every other tool. Just like we speak about colors, the definition of colors is my brain's way of making sense of a certain reality, the way I process it. So even physical matter, I can't grasp the way it is. (laughs) There's not a human being in the world who actually experiences the truth of matter. All I'm experiencing is the way I can process this truth according to my kalim, according to my instruments. And this is the Yisoydas today of, 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 of science and physics and chemistry in every area, which, which is not a small thing. That's even physical matter, even physical matter I'm processing according to my abilities and my tools imposing my definitions on reality. But since we all do the same thing, or most of us do the same thing, we can live in such a world, and that's how it works. When you're dealing with absolute truth and absolute infinity, here, intellect serves a very, very limited purpose. What it can do is, it can explain certain things, it can try to prove certain things, but you're not talking about a mathematical intellectual reality. You're talking about something that is completely beyond das, beyond seichel, beyond intellect. How does one grasp that? Can one grasp it? This is what the Kayach of Amunah is. Amunah never competes with the mind. Amunah never competes with the intellect. Amunah transcends the intellect. And there's two types of Amunah. There's a muna that's lamata menadas and lamayla menadas. Lamata menadas means, I don't understand, I'm intellectually lazy, so I just believe whatever you say. That's lamata menadas. A muna lamayla menadas is the exact opposite. I will use my mind and I'll use it to the fullest, to the best I can. But the mind will take me to a certain place, to a certain door. And then the mind will say, sorry, I cannot cross over this doorstep. I cannot go in there. Not because I don't want to, because I have limits. Back to our marshal that we always give about the net. <laughs> right? You want to get all the fish in the sea, but the holes in your net are five inches. Fish that are four inches, your net will not pick up. They're going to slip through the holes. Sorry. So you'll say, but where are those fish? There's no such fish. Of course there's such fish. You just don't have the net for it. All of life we're using a net. I judge people with my net. I look at people with my net. Everything is with my net. But do I ever stop to ask, and who made the net? And maybe the net is limited. So we all understand this when it comes to psychology and emotions, you know. We're always defining people based on our net. You make a comment to me, I don't hear your comment. I hear the CD playing in my mind for the last 20, 30, 40 years, and your comment just fits right into there. Don't do with your comment. You may have not even meant that. And it takes courage to always ask, what is the net I'm using to catch my fish? <laughs> And how many things am I missing? How many things are getting? Am I slipping? Are slipping through the the cracks because my net is so limited? 
And when somebody challenges the net, you say, sugar net, this is it. When it comes to Lakus, when it comes to the divine, the very element of Seichel, understanding the Metzius of Hashem, it's not a Seichel thing. It's not a mathematical equation or a Svara. Hashem is not a Svara. He created Seichel. So how do you have a relationship with him? Vanivar, Veloy Eida, and then Vani Tomedimach. When I'm Imach, I have to be a Behemach. I have to be an animal. I have to be a little puppy, a little goat. If it's Imach, if it's with you. If I just want the intellect, then I could remain a Gansaman, Shapardas, an intellectual, and I'll understand great things. And if I have a brilliant IQ, if a brilliant mind, I'll understand more and understand more and understand more. But Imach, Imach with you, Behemois. Now I turn into an animal in the most beautiful sense of the word, Behemah. Usually, some of you, when you hear the word Behemah, I know it brings back memories. Behemah, Behemah, Behemah. Don't confuse it with this Mimer. Here, the being of Behemah is the highest level. Behemah, when I'm away from you, then I can be a mensch. When I'm with you, I'm a Behemah. And I know, for some of you, I know this is a hard transition because some of you have been told many, many Behema, right? Anybody? I mean, uh, for us, we use in some, in some in some segments of our culture, we use the word behema in a very derogatory way. Which has to do with also how we look at animals. But it's not real, it's not real Judaism. Toiv Hashem Lakoil V'rachamov yeah, according to many, is Medeiraisa. In other words, there's deep sensitivity to a balchai. There's deep sensitivity to an animal. But here we're saying even something deeper. There's something very beautiful about it. It's the innocence. It's the child. And the children reach that place. And Purim, all the Jews became children. The beauty of the animal is, and that's why people, some people have that sensitivity to animals, because it's not with the sophistication, it's not with the seichel, it's not with the self-consciousness, and therefore without complexities. It's the simplicity. So by a behemoth, it's takabalidas. It's takabalidas. But legabe Hashem, who is lamaylam and adas, hakel kipsoyim etzloyiz borech. Here, being a pesi is the greatest compliment in the world. Pesi, you know who was Zoycha to be a pesi? Because he was the greatest intellectual. If he was not the greatest intellectual, he couldn't be a pesi. Because he was the greatest intellectual, he knew everything that there is to grasp with the mind. Ooh, he could be a pesi. The other guy sits by the feet of a great sage and says, One day maybe I'll understand what he's saying. He's still busy with the intellect, with the power of Seichel. Because Moshe understood everything, because he was Mifchamin and Ushi, he now also understood the limit. My mind could grasp tremendous, but it's a net, it's a tool, it's an amazing tool. But it's a tool that grasps a certain dimension of reality, a certain dimension of God. The way God could be appreciated through the world of intellect. I could prove that there's a source, I could prove that there's a move, I could learn certain things about the Creator when I look at the world. In other words, when I study DNA, I have to ask myself a question. How did this come into being? And my mind, if it's a good, fertile mind, will come to certain conclusions that may be very accurate, may be very profound. So what's the God I know? 
I know the God based on the information that was given to me in the world. I know Hashem. This is what a Muna is. A Muna is that there's something in the soul, like by the Gdi, like by the goat, that sees God, it experiences Hashem. Why? Because it's a chelakalakamima. It is divine. So what's a Muna? Muna is the dimension of self, the dimension of the self, that when it's cultivated, it allows you to experience ultimate reality. It allows you to have a relationship with ultimate reality. That's what it is. It's like a sixth sense. We have five senses to which we relate to reality. There's another ability, the ability of a moon. It could be plugged, like everything. I could put in, uh, what do people do in the plane? They put in uh, earplugs. They don't want to hear. I could uh, blindfold myself because I want to go to sleep. I don't want to see what's going on around me. I still have eyes, but I'm not accessing their abilities. A person has a moon. Every person has a moon. Maminim b'nei maminim, but it could be plugged. But when it's unplugged, what is it? It's the sense that allows me not to see physical reality, but to experience ultimate reality, which is not intellectual, it's beyond seichel. And if I experience it, it's obvious, it's, it's just who I am. It's like I see it, even though I don't see it physically, but it's like I see it. That's what a muna is. And it's embedded in the person. When does that relationship come out? When I could suspend my seichel. Not in a bad way. And that's the difference between real amuna and fake amuna. Real amuna is never threatened by the mind. On the contrary, it welcomes it, it appreciates it, but it knows its limits. I could take you till here, I can't take you further. If you want to embrace God, if you want to touch God, if you want to touch the divine, see it experiencing, the mind is a beautiful thing to a certain point. This is amuna. That's why he used before the word amuna zaka, amuna tahira, pure refined. It touches a level of purity in the person. It touches a level of purity in reality. When somebody says Amun is threatened by the intellect, yeah, we don't allow conversations. We don't allow questions. That's a different type of Amun. That's Lamata Minatahas. <laughs> That's because I'm afraid. I'm afraid of an intellectual conversation. You know why? Because maybe you'll find that I got nothing to say. I'm just an occult. Opposite intellect takes away the burden from so much Amun you have. Right, 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 yeah. In other words, where the world of intellect is is worthy, is, is it should be used, to use a muna for that is called intellectual laziness. It's, don't replace it. Seichel has a tremendous role in life. When a person is really in a cult, you have to shut down your mind. They will tell you, do not speak to certain people. Because if they ask too many questions, it may trigger doubt. Real Amun is not afraid of that. My Amun is not based on blindness, because I'm stupid, because I'm ignorant, because I close my mind to evidence, to my eyes to evidence. You're showing me evidence? It's, it's, not, it's never competing with Seichel. If it's true, it doesn't have to be afraid of a conversation. There may be things I don't understand, other things I don't understand. Okay. There may be a journey, etc., but evidence won't contradict it if it's true, unless I'm afraid of truth. Lenny, you hear what I'm saying? That's why we welcome all questions. So there's Ishbar lo yeduch Here, vanivar v'lo behemus. You know why? Because I see imach. Vani tamid imach. 
because now I can hold on to you, I can be with you, because I'm not distracted by the ego of the intellect, which has to grasp you in a certain way. I surrender it all, and that's where Muna comes out. When do we experience this in life? Sometimes this is the Vayitzaku al Hashem, when there's nothing else. When there's nothing else, the Kayach of Amunah comes out. My brother told me, my brother Simon Jacobson, Rabbi Simon Jacobson, told me once that he met a person who was a girl. She was in a terrible uh, explosion, a suicide explosion in Israel, and she suffered terribly. And uh, she met him once. He just told me a line that she told him. He said to her, how do you have so much faith? And she said, faith is the real faith you can experience when there's nothing left but faith. She says, that's my life. Real faith you can experience when there's nothing left but faith. You know? I heard from Abshalmar the Kharabashkin. Now, when somebody says but somebody could, could do something, you don't say, okay, I just surrender. <laughs> that again becomes laziness. I don't want to go to work. Amuna. <laughs> That's not the part. Again, Amuna is not supposed to replace all the talents and resources and kishroinus that a, a person has given. I heard from Shalmar the Kharabashkin. So, I heard the word before, but he, he uh, it's from the Ruzhineh. After he came out of prison last year, so there was a Suda Saidah by somebody's house. Who was it? Uh, uh, Rabbi Badansky. Yeah? Bad, uh, Bad, uh, Badansky, yeah. Rabbi Badansky's house. So he had his lawyer there. And his lawyer said they appealed eight times. And after eight times, he can't appeal anymore. And Hanukkah time, the last appeal was rejected. They sent it back, and they said rejected, which basically meant now you got a f- sentence is twenty-seven years. So the lawyer said at the at the party at the Suda Saidah, I didn't want to send that letter to Reb Mardachai. Why should I uh, let him have hope? What do I have to tell him that the last appeal was rejected? What what, what is he going to gain? So now he knows he has to be there for another two decades. Let him have hope. I'll keep it to myself. One day, maybe he'll have to find out. But the viola, you know, what, what do I have to delay the good news, the, the bad news? What do I have to tell him the bad news? So he says, he says at the party, that's why I didn't tell it to you. So Shalmadachai says, I knew. Because <laughs> they sent him a copy directly. He said, I knew. And you don't understand, for me it was good news. So why was it good news? I was holding it back. So it was good news because when it came, I realized now I don't have to deal with nature anymore. Till this point, I had to always find up some lawyer, another lawyer, another lawyer. Now I realized I don't have to deal with Teva anymore. I'm a chaya. So he says he got this letter. It was Zoyz Hanukkah. He was saying halal. He was davening b'yechidus. He was saying halal the last day of Hanukkah, and he got the 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 guard came in and said, "This is an important message for you," and he opens it up, reject it. So he said, I started to say, Halal metazah simcha. He said, now it's going to go beyond Teva. So I asked him, I said, the bismashiga, the bismamal, the bismashuga, explain, explain this to me. Behema. Behema. Is that Behema? He said, yeah, but not Behema. But not Behema, yeah. 
But it's with imach, it's good to sign a behemoth. So now I want you to go back. Every time in class you were called a behemoth, really it was the teacher's way of saying that you're an unbelievable child. That's the truth. He may have not known it, but subconsciously that's what he was trying to tell you. It was, it was almost putting the words in his mouth. Me and Moshe good company. So you could redo that whole past. And that's really how life works. Any poor thing a person told us, he told it for his reasons. But God runs the world. I had to hear it. Sometimes it takes me years to figure out what I had to hear. So I asked Shalom Mordechai, where did you get such a, such a yesoid? So he said, about, I knew the vart, because I read it once, I heard it once. But I never thought about it as I practically. He said, a vart from the Ruzhina. And Peinik Yud Gimel, and Kapitli Yud Gimel, and Tehillim, Shtet. Lam Natsayach Mizmele David. Ad Ono Hashem Tishkacheni Netzach. Ad Ono Tastir Esponechem Imeni. Ad Ono Oshis Eitzos Benavshi. Three Ad Onos. How long will you forget me forever? How long are you going to hide your face from me? How long am I going to have to look for advice and ways out of my problems? So the Rishon has said it's not three questions. It's two questions and an answer. How long are you going to forget me? How long are you going to hide your face? The answer is as long as I have eitzes. As long as I have eitzes, I'm busy controlling the situation. My seich will do this, I'll do that. Fine. As long as I'm busy with my eitzes, with my das, with my seich, with my zbainanus, then I'm limited in that world. Which is a beautiful world. It's a grand world. But it's a very limited world. So when Hashem says, it's not coming from his kvayach, he doesn't know who it is. He's identifying that it's a gdi, it's a behemoth. They say, what do you mean? It's people. It's a behemoth. The only way to grasp him is through being a, like a behemoth. Behemoth is a what do we mean by a behemoth? We mean by a behemoth, the courage, not like a behemoth who doesn't have das. Lamatim in a das. This is the courage to go beyond das. Das is not a bad thing, chas This is very important because a lot of times when we speak about a muna, people, like, they, 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 they turn seichel into the enemy. It's like the devil. The mind is the devil. Chas v'shalom. says the mind is the devil. The mind is a special bria from the Rebbeinu Shalala. And that's the difference. It's a much more real, it's a much more sophisticated approach. And then you go beyond sophistication. You go beyond arum. But you don't dismiss the gift of Chachma, the gift of Das, the gift of Seich. That was the tzaykeh. That was the tzaykeh. That's the moment in life a person screams. What's the scream? It doesn't have to make sense. I can't make sense out of it. It's just a complete surrender. Like a child, like an infant, like that little cute goat, like that little cute sheep just running after its mother through thick and thin with complete trust. You relate to this experience? Sometimes when a person is in a very difficult situation, Rahman al-Islam, it doesn't have to be in a difficult situation. His point is it doesn't have to be in a... But sometimes when a person is in a very difficult situation... And my ego just collapses on me. 
you know, I'm busy figuring out my life and everything is integrated. And, you know, we have filing cabinets, how we work, right? And then everything is just, whoa, <laughs> you know, everything is just gone. And what's left? What's left is emunah. What's emunah? Emunah is not blindness. Emunah is the core relationship of the soul with Hashem's essence. And Hashem's essence is beyond seichel, and therefore you can't grasp it with seichel. And then the deepest truth comes out. And that itself is very comforting. One of the great literature of Shishivas of the last generation was Rabchatzkel Abramsky. You heard of Bichatzkel Abramsky. He wrote of Slutsk. He wrote a monumental work. It's called Chazoin Yecheskel. The Vision of Yecheskel. It's a commentary on the Toisefta. The Toisefta is like somewhat of a neglected chalik of Teresh it's the Brysis at the end of the Gemaras, in the back of the Moses, you have Tosefta. And he wrote, so you know, people have a farsham on Mishnayas, Gemara, Bavli, Yerushalmi, less, but still, Tosefta, he wrote a, a huge, a whole, how many is for Rabbi Krieger? Huh? 30. 30 books on Tosefta. Chazoin Yecheskel. He was a big god, he passed away in Eretz Yisrael in the 70s, 1976, Lamed Vav. He was a bocher, who uh, was once talking to him, a yeshiva bacher, and he quoted a toisefta. So he said, varfin a toisefta. You know what farvarfen means? Far flung. Far flung, cast away. He says, ne, 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 ne. The toisefta is nish farvarfen. Du bist farvarfen. The toisefta is wusadafzai. The toisefta is where it has to be. You're, you're somewhere cast away. The toisefta is not cast away. Du bist farvarfen. Here's the toisefta. He was working in, he was a rabbi in communist Russia, Soviet years. The, the previous Lubavitch Rebbe, the Rebbe Rayats, had code languages, code names for all the Rabbonim in Russia. The code name for Chatzkar Chatzkar was Toisefta. When he would write to somebody about Chatzkar Chatzkar he would write Toisefta. Shlomo Yosef Zevin was Rashi, whatever, he had all these code names. Chatzkar was tried and sent to Siberia for a very long time. And the gulag of Stalin was, most people died there. You couldn't. Uh... And Abchatzkel Abramsky came out. He was freed. On the way out, he went to visit the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rayats. And I saw this in his biography the, from his students or his family. And he told the Lubavitcher Rebbe that one day he was in Siberia, it was the middle of the night. And uh, he felt that he doesn't have koichus and he can't do this anymore. You people, it's hard. We don't even understand what people went through. And then came the morning, and uh, the little sleep he had, he had to go to work. Work uh, like in Chicago this winter. It could be 40 below zero, 60 below zero all day. Outside in the barracks were also not very hot. That's why most people, you got sick, you died, frostbite. Illness, hunger, it was impossible circumstances. Stalin killed that way uh, between 20 and 50 million people, more than Hitler killed. In any case, he tells the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, that he wakes up one morning, time to say, Moidani. He says, Moidani. He says, I have nothing to be thankful for. I have nothing to be thankful for. I got no family, got no love, I have no relationships, I have no body, I have no health, I have no money, I have nothing. I'm probably going to die. I'm have nothing to be thankful for. 
My life is a curse. And I did I said, I don't have what to be thankful for. He's telling this to the Rebbe. And then I said the word Emunasecha. Rabba Emunasecha. And I realized that in this circumstance, I still have Emunah. And that I be thankful for. In this circumstance, I still have a relationship with you. That I can be thankful for. So the Rebbe told them, Sharfavart. It's the head in Azavart. It's sometimes worthwhile to be in Siberia to be able to experience such a thing by Amos. Because it's not words, it's not words. It's an experience. To be able to really experience that gift, it's sometimes when the person is stripped from anything else. It doesn't have to be when the person is stripped, but we're limited people. Sometimes, when the person has nothing, like that girl told my brother, faith is when there's nothing else but faith. Nothing else. Because if there's something else but faith, it's not faith, it's still das. Verstehst? Verstehst oder du glaubst? Sinnisch glauben. Amun ist deeper than glauben. Weil hier oimen es hadasse, hier Esther. They say an anecdote. I don't know if it's true, but it's a cute anecdote. That Pavarotti, one of the great opera singers, did a rendition of Psalm 23 in Tehillim. Mizma ledavid Hashem roi loyechser. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. And it was beautiful on the highest contorial levels. And the crowd gave a standing ovation. And then an Alta Yiddish Baba got up and said, I also have a rendition of Psalm 23. Can I do it? Go ahead. And she starts presenting Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. One problem. She didn't know the words clearly. Her voice was not, uh, let's put it this way, it wasn't Pavarotti's voice. Uh, her rhythm and uh, sequence and beat and resonance, uh, put mildly, were, you know, pretty low, on a low level. But her soul was in the, in the, in the psalm, and people started to cry. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. People started to cry when she said it. She finishes, and everyone is, uh, is with tears in their eyes. So Pavarotti says, I don't understand. I did a flawless, impeccable Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Nobody shed a tear. They went like this. You can't carry a tune. You don't know the words. Broken accent. Horrible voice. Everybody's crying. So she says, Mr. Pavarotti, you may know the psalm, but I know the shepherd. That's Amuna. You may know the psalm. You know the rhythm. You know the words. You know, But I know the shepherd. And sometimes you see it even among us. You can have a person. He learned through Shas three times. He knows the psalm. But he doesn't know the shepherd. Some people don't know the shepherd. He knows the structure. He'll tell you every shit in Mishnah Brura. But you'll never get the shepherd. Information. The information is there. The data is there, which is great. It's awesome. But then there's knowing the shepherd. Experiencing the shepherd. Experiencing a relationship. 
The Weidnu knew nothing, but they said they opened up a tillum, and you saw they're speaking to Hashem. A yid, a pasha to yid. He he opened the siddur to daven, and you saw that he's talking to somebody. And then you could have a Jew. He's been through shah seven times, right? And the second the chazan goes for ten seconds, he's already with the gemara. He has to finish the daf. <laughs> it's a whole different experience. He knows the psalm. He does everything right, but you're not going to get the shepherd. So in Mela, that's the behemoth sayisi machvani tamid imach. Okay, so now let's see the last point. This is where the Laila becomes a. Laila means I uh, I got I'm confused. I'm in a state of night. I don't have answers. But the tzaka turns Laila into Ze. And that was the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. There was an extension of Malchus Bavel, which is considered Balal, mixed, everything is mixed. You have to understand this. In this ultimate confusion of Bavel, where nothing makes sense, they touch the essence. And then they reached the state of Bayoimahu, which is deeper than Bayoimazah. Why? Bayoimazah. Remember he said before. It's very deep. I feel heaven and earth. That's the essence. Is the light, the glory that you can grasp. Seichel Das can relate to Kvoidoi, not to the essence. And Muna touches the essence. In a state of night when there's nothing there. You can get to Bayoim Hahu. What's Bayoim Hahu? It's such deep revelation that it's who it remains concealed because it's the Atmos which is beyond revelation. There's Hahu which is lower than revelation. There's Hahu which is higher than revelation because it's the essence. That's what. The Schaya says there's going to be a day, a time, there's going to be not day and not night. Complete confusion. By night there'll be light. This is by Yoimahu. So Ampurim was Balayla Hahu, the worst state of Laila. Balayla and Hu. Double Laila. Say Laila is not Balayla, it's Balayla Hu. And from Balayla Hu, it comes to Bayoimahu. Even in the Zed, there's something called Hu, which is the essence, which is what Amuna grasps. Which comes from that cycle when there's complete confusion, no day and no night, and then the person can touch the essence. The war against Amalek is every generation. All of the tribes of idolatry are really representations of different. Midas rise, broken midas, negative attributes. But really, they're all bottled, they surrender to Gdusha. When there's darkness in a room and you light a candle, you don't have to fight the darkness. The darkness always gets dispelled. The whole power of darkness is when there's no light. The moment you bring in light, there's no balance. All midas rise is coming because there's a vacuum. If you really bring in the real light, you're gone. 
but there's an exception. The chutzpah and the gasos, the arrogance of a midera, not its substance. If it's coming with substance, the light, light will go away. Chutzpah means I don't have to have substance. You say this person has chutzpah. What does chutzpah mean? Chutzpah means I have nothing to say. It's just chutzpah. They say in the name of the Tzayra Yehudim Yimach he says, he said, a small lie people won't believe. A huge lie everybody believes. <laughs> a huge lie everybody will believe. Huge, just be huge. You understand why, yeah? Because you can't make that up. But what if you have chutzpah? Then you can make up anything. And that's where people get defeated. It's so nothing that it becomes powerful. If you're coming with substance, you have nothing to sell. The chutzpah, all menuvalim, they work with chutzpah and gasos. Yeah. You had sometimes people who would attack some of the greatest tzaddikim, holiest people. How would they do it? Just chutzpah and gasos, and everybody believes it. It's nothing there. It's just pure audacity and arrogance. There's nothing there. Not about debate, about ideology. Ideology. I once heard from Rabbi Khan, he said that there was a Yid who went to a, to a, a play, a, a play, a symphony, and you had to take off your hat. You know that was the derech in Europe you had to take off your hat, but he didn't take off his hat. He sat. The person behind him said, "You block him." He says, "I have a shit. I don't take off my hat." So he says, "Well, you blocking me? I have a shit." Admittedly, he got so upset, he threw off his hat, and he saw that he's completely bald. He said, You're bald, don't turn it into a shita. Yeah, don't turn it into a shita. You're bald, don't turn it into a philosophy and ideology. He knows that on ideological grounds, he's not going to win. Darkness is never going to win light. He can't win light, because light is real. Darkness is devoid of light. So what does he have? He has chutzpah. That's what it is. He's a machutzef. It's the chutzpah. It's such a big lie, everybody believes it. How could you make this up? That's what Hitler knew. If he, he said it. He said, if you say small lies, nobody believes you. You say about Jews big lies, everybody believes you. We all know that they take blood for matzah. Who, who doesn't know? Of course there's blood in the matzah. What's the question? We all know that Israel does genocide. Every day they do genocide and ethnic cleansing. You don't know? They send in gas to Gaza to gas the kids. Everybody, well, you're sure, of course, of course. Well, how do you argue against this? It doesn't begin. I can argue on a policy, an idea. This, this is pure chutzpah. That's, he says, that's Amalek. He says, that's not Nekalifta, man, because I have no tfisa here. And what do you have to do? You just have to call it out. The seven nations are the seven middas, the substance of it. You could fight it, you could combat it. The chutzpah in each middah, that's the amalek of it. You know why? You don't get a better expression. You know what chutzpah is? An empire, a malchus, without a crown. <laughs> it's malchus without a crown. I'm a melech! Where's your crown? I decided I'm a Melech. Who died and made you king? Nobody. I'm my own king. That's what chutzpah is. You know, Israeli buses are very crowded, right? 
since my hunch of put him, can I say a bissel put him tighter? So uh, there was the Israeli buses are very crowded, as you know, and there's a lot of tension there because you know it's Israel, Middle East. Somebody once said Israel is a beautiful country, it's just in a bad neighborhood. So, uh, which is very true. It's a beautiful country in a bad neighborhood. So this fellow, this woman, gets up on the bus, and there's a bunch of shekel, shekel. If you don't have six shekel, you're dead. You know, there's no. Uh, she says, I don't, "Get off the bus." She she points to her her heart, her chest. She says, "If you would have known what I have here, you wouldn't speak to me this way." Okay, I'm sorry. They melt. They're Jews. Fart Jews. They melt. Okay, so go in. She's standing. She can't sit anywhere. It's all packed. She turns to a fellow sitting. If you would know what I have here, you wouldn't stay seated. He gets up. She sits down. But she's still tight. Somebody near her. If you would know what I have here, you wouldn't stay seated. He gets up. She sits. Yes, we are yeah. But in front of her, her feet are still tight. If you would know whatever, you wouldn't sit there. There's an old woman behind her. She says, what do you have here? What do you have here? She says, chutzpah. <laughs> chutzpah. That's what I have here. That's malchus beloy tag. Malchus without a crown. Fashtayist. Kikol amidis sharshim amakayram in aguf anikrimishka dechiv. All midis are rooted in a perception of guf. What do we mean a perception of guf? Perception of guf means a physical perception of reality devoid of God. It's called the skin of the snake. That's all you all develop midis royas. Chesed could be misplaced. Gvura could be misplaced. Whether it's jealousy, cruelty, judgmentalism, anger, fury, insecurities... Right, depressions. These are all midas, arrogance. These are all midas that we're all capable of. Why? Because our perception of reality is very, very small. It's sometimes based only on the goofs. I get very jealous of you. All these midas that I have to deal with, hate, animosity, judgment, whatever it is. He says, that's normal. And then you deal with it. You could deal with it through awareness. But where do you get chutzpah from? It doesn't have a mitzias. All the midrashos have a mitzias based on a certain perception. You don't hate somebody stam. I hate you because you threaten me. I judge you because I need to judge you for my survival. Every midrash has a reason. That's his point. It has a stupid reason, but it has a reason. <laughs> Bring in oil, the chayshik will go away. Give me a larger perception of reality and the chayshik will go away but it has a reason i can handle them with them it's dark for a reason bring in light let me see more and then i don't have to be jealous of you i don't have to hate you i don't have to judge you i don't have to be angry so this is the process of avoida but he says where does chutzpah come from chutzpah is not based on anything chutzpah means it's chutzpah you're a chutzpah you're a chutzpah you have nothing you're a shtick garnished. Your whole koyach is gasos. Stupid. It's arrogance. It's nothing there. It's not an argument. When I'm jealous of you, in my mind, somehow, you're taking away something from me. It's not true, but in my mind. So deal with it. That's how it took a look at any midday you struggle with. You'll see there's a reason for it. It's not in a vacuum. 
That's what officially therapists are supposed to do. Some do it, some don't. But that's the point, helping you become aware of what is triggering these emotions. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, all of them, when you bring in oil, the choshech will go away. He says, v'neka lifter man. It's easy to get potter. It's absakdin from the balatanya. It's easy to get potter from midas rois. Takes sometimes 85 years. But it's neka lifter man. Change the meaning of behemah. Huh? Yeah. To change the meaning of behemah, right. I was told I'm a behemah, and then to turn it around. But what happens is he says, chutzpah and gases, where does this come from? What's the justification for it? The point is there's no justification. If it was justified, it wouldn't be chutzpah. It wouldn't be chutzpah. So where does it come from? Who mashakosuv, this is what the Megillah says, machsheves homon ashechoshev ala Yehudu. When Esther comes to Hashreish, machsheves homon ashechoshev ala Yehudu. What's machsheves homon ashechoshev ala Yehudu? Literally, it means the thoughts of Haman that he planned about the Jews. There is certain chamber, chambers of falsehood of clippers called Haman. There's basically it's why is it called Machsheves Haman? What's Machsheves? It's the plan of Haman. The tochnit, the mezima of Haman, the scheme of Haman. No, no. Because the Megillah is also talking about piruchnius, psychologically, emotionally. The machshavis of chutzpah, there's machshavis Haman ashechoshev ala Yehudim. There's a Haman chamber who makes sure the machshavis come into the Jews. Ala Yehudim doesn't mean he's planning on the Jews a machshavah. That's one pshat. That's pshat. Machshavis Haman ashechoshev ala Yehudim is the machshavis of Haman that go into the machshavah of Yidin. I start thinking Haman thoughts. What's that? Chutzpah. Gasos. What is this in life? You become chutzpah in yourself. There's something you know it's not good for you. It's not a question. There's no justification for it. It's stupid. It's nourished. There's no basis for it. How does this mido, this machshava, this behavior still have koyach? The answer is it has chutzpah. Nothing else. Sometimes you'll see in your life you're doing something. You know it doesn't make sense. You've been convinced it's destructive. It's ridiculous. It's inconsequential. There's no benefit. But you still do it. You can't stop. Why? It has one quality that you don't know how to deal with. It has chutzpah. That's it it has. It flexes its muscles. It becomes a metzias. And it's nothing. There's nothing there. It's not even a balloon. There's not gar- mamish garnish. It's hot ear. Mamish hot ear. But it looks like it's powerful. That's what chutzpah is. Chutzpah means malchusa beloy tag. I walk around like a melech. I got nothing. I got no crown. Not be Yerusha, not through skills. I walk around like a melech. It's called complete hot air. We all have this in ourselves. We have within us the chutzpah of every midah. A midah you could deal with. The chutzpah of a midah That's a problem. Because he doesn't have to have anything. That's his point. You understand your typhus? So say It doesn't have to have anything to, to compose. And that's what a real machutzv is. I'm saying there were times in history you saw it. There was a yid who was Kaidish Kadasha Mamash. And another yid is a Khavagishtal to speak, spew against him. You would think Afshita, Avart, Vu Vosman. The whole Koyach was Koyach of Chutzpan Gasus. And the world because people are stupid. <laughs> people are stupid. Because their amun is lamatam etam bedas. 
That's what it is. And, and there's no way to answer it, because it's, 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 it's not a svada. A svada, a svada, a svada, a There's no svada. The guy has no svada. He's a pusta keli mamish. What's, this is the koyach of Haman. Haman min atayra minayin. Sometimes you have Haman in tayros. He uses tayros. Ah? Ah. The first eitz is to know it. That's the biggest eitz. To know and say, this is Amalek. And that's what we say, Amalek doesn't have a takona. All the other nations, you could be Masakin, you could be Masakin all the Midas because they're always looking for something. I'm jealous of you for a reason. I could use it and find how to be to heal it. Like Behemoth. Amalek you can't fix. There's nothing to fix. He has no, there's nothing to fix. It's just gases. It's pure hollow arrogance. How do I fix my own? You have to your passion have to Machitimcha. And we're talking Amalek inside. We're not talking about other people's Amalek. He's talking about Machsheves Haman It's pure chutzpah. You'll see sometimes anti-Semites do this. They're very, very good at it. They'll make up a lie. You understand? It, it doesn't have basis in reality. And all the TV reporters, all the websites, it's already a given. And now we're busy denying that we don't do ethnic cleansing. Okay, you already lost the war. That's the brilliance of this congresswoman, uh, Omar, all these types of people. They apologize. They want to apologize. It's not Negea. You apologize. The main things say that it's all about the Benjamins. That's the main thing. Then you apologize. Who cares? She doesn't care about what she cares about. You put it out there in the world. Now it's already acceptable to say that Jews are not loyal to America. Where did she get it from? Congressman Omar knows the Megillah. In the Megillah state, everything you'll see her speech is from the Megillah. She just said it in English. Eutyphus, it's a, and it's a brilliant tactic. You know why? Because there's nothing there. Well, I, I, there's no dual loyalty, shine, yeah. Now, now start denying it. The moment you're dealing with chutzpah, and, and Jews don't understand this. Jews don't know about Haman. They don't understand it. We think everybody operates on a level of justice and intellectualism, so we're busy arguing. I'm a chutz if you don't argue with. Megitam afrask. You understand? There's not nobody to argue with. You can argue with substance. You can't argue with harir. There's nobody to argue with. I can argue with choyshech. I can bring oil into choyshech. You have nothing. All you have is gasos. What should I argue with you? It's a very deep understanding in life. And in our own life, we have sometimes. Sometimes you have machshavas. It's just chutzpah and gasos. There's nothing there. There's no. Don't deal with it. Don't start arguing with it. You should have to get rid of it. We don't know how to kill. That's the problem. Shaul couldn't even kill the king of Amalek. Gog started to cry, crocodile tears. Yeah, and Shaul melted. That's what they did. Shaul melted. Which is why Haman hates Jews because he's the opposite. He says vatipol raglov. The Eitzel is so bekitzer. This is, he asked, how, how do you fall before the feet of Hashem? The Medrash says that the Srofim, the angels, are standing above him. And it compares it to the Kroshim, so that's the Raglov, Kavayochal of Hashem. Represent the Malachim. 
וזהו, ותפק ותסחנן להעביר מחשב וסרויס. The eighth is a Jew has to cry and plead, plead that these machshavas of Haman should be gone. V'zel v'tolu oisay v'esbonav ala eitz kavoyach hamishemama. You have to take Haman and his children, hang him up on a tree, which is tall fifty yamas. K'moshekosav Hashem Malach Geus Lavish. Hashem became a king. He dressed himself with exaltedness. Geus Lavish. Exaltedness means a sense of roimamus. You have to build a tree that's Gavoya Chamishimama. That's a sense of Geus Lavish, when there's a sense of exaltedness, of stolz, of pride, of dignity, then Amalek could be defeated. You have to hang Haman on that tree. When there's that tree, in other words, Chutzpah and Gassus can only feed and exist when there's no sense of Geus, when the tree is, it doesn't exist or it's very short. When a person has an inner sense of dignity and pride, they will never allow that Amalek to get close because the way of dealing with chutzpah is not arguing. It's basically responding in the same way. <laughs> Your chutzpah will trigger my chutzpah and completely obliterate it. I'm not going to get in with pulpulim and shaklavatai because you're not interested in that. All you're interested in is your gasas aruach. So what you need is a sense of geus, a sense of pride, a sense of stolz, to completely, to completely dismiss it, to completely reject it, to completely blot it out. But Esther knows it's not simple. She pleads before him. She pleads before the vatipul of neiraglov. She touches the malachim to get rid of the machshavus of hamana agogi, the machshavus of a Jew that is not midas royus. It's the chutzpah of the midas royus. So she cries and she pleads, get these machshavas out of me, because this is the most lethal weapon of the Yetzirah of Amalek against the Jew. These machshavas, the machshavas of Gassus, which have absolutely no substance. And one is really experience. It's 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 seeing. It's 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 being one with something. Experience relationships. Experiencing the relationship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't remember. <laughs> well, what is the fine line? What you write? What you're allowed to ask? Or you're not allowed to ask. You can ask some questions. I'm not going to have an answer for. We have to realize the limitedness of our minds. A person could always ask, but you have to be humble enough and realize many questions don't have answers. Uh, okay, so that's a, it's a good question. If the question is such that the whole thing becomes senseless, then you should ask such questions. Yeah, because if not, I would believe anything you sell me. I mean, you could sell me a boat and I believe it. Uh, what do we want from all the Muslims or Christians or Mormons? Yeah, they grew up in homes, and this is what they believe. Well, what do you want from them, right? If you would have grown up in a Muslim home in Afghanistan. What would you believe today? So that's why the Yisaitis of Yiddishkeit, you don't need a Muna for. You don't need a Muna for. You could use your Seichel. Amun is not here to replace Seichel. Amun is to touch a place that Seichel won't get you there. Not because Seichel is not good, it's wonderful. But it has limits. You're saying that you have questions, you don't have an answer. It might be not I'm talking questions about details. 
Yeah, how the things, how the world runs, how this, how that. Yeah, things that are... If all of Yiddishkeit by a person, if a person says, I don't know why anything is true, I, I was told. If he's a Siddharth Pasha to Yidin in a good way, then have a moon, it's just revealed, it's fine, there's no mitzvah to ask questions. There's no mitzvah to ask questions, we don't have questions. I think you have to go into second grade of every yeshiva and say, let's discuss every question on Yiddishkeit. Why, why do you have to do that? But if somebody is 18 years old, or 20 years old, or 30 years old, they have a bunch of questions, and just tell them, you're not allowed to ask anything, what are you gaining? The questions are not going away. You need to talk to them, you have to listen to them. Maybe you'll have answers, maybe we won't have answers for everything. It's not a mitzvah to ask questions. But if somebody is experiencing a lot of questions... You don't have an answer, it's still true. That's, that's what you're saying. Yeah. And, and Munna is not competing with that. Every Yid has a Munna. A Munna is the Neshama sees Hashem. It doesn't need Rayas. It's not about Seichel. But a person doesn't always feel they're a Munna. That's why Seichel is so important. To lead you to a certain place. But, but, but I, don't have to, I don't have to trigger questions in every child's mind. Why should somebody do that? If it's MS, you don't have to do that. But you're never afraid of questions. If a 15-year-old comes and asks you a question, you don't scream at him. Shegetz, Behema, Goy, why should you do that? What are you going to help? I, mean, I know a lot, of, a lot of kids come to me, and they say they were screamed at for their questions. And what does it do? It just proves to them that there's no answers. So you try to be mechazik, they're Yiddishkeit. All you're doing is, you're pushing them away. Basically, you're telling them. A young man once told me. He says, before I asked my questions... I was 50% sure there's an answer. And 50% sure there's no answer. I was had a suffix. And I, once they screamed at me, now I'm 100% sure that there's no answer. So this, this person is trying to be Mechazek as a Munas. He's screaming at him. By doing that, he actually he convinced, him. convinced him that there's absolutely nothing here. <laughs> he didn't realize. So he thought he's actually bringing him closer to Yiddishkeit. What he was doing was the exact opposite. Now, he's not trying to do the opposite. The guy means well, I'm sure. I'm not judging him. I'm just saying, but he doesn't understand. A person has a brain. A person has played with questions. You can't just scream at him. What are you going to do with that? You'll do one of two things. Either you'll make him crush all of his questions, and he'll become like a robot, and he won't have real chiyas, or he's going to attack a runaway. When you say you don't have an answer, sometimes you don't help either. Yeah, but 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 there's a lot of things you do have answers for. <laughs> there's a lot of things you have explanations for. And and the most important thing is the person hears that there's truth. There's, we're not looking. The, the the key issue is if Yiddishkeit is based on avoiding truth. A lot of people feel that way. They feel that all religion. People tell me always. I get emails every day about this. Somebody once told me, for me, the definition of religion is don't ever follow evidence. That's the definition. It's irrelevant. Truth is irrelevant. No, what type of Yiddishkeit does this person have? So, of course, there's a lot of so many things we don't know. We know why people suffer. We don't even understand one cell in the body fully. We we know we know the, all the mysteries of creation, of you course. Know, not. But we know plenty. But, but there's a lot that we do know. 
not legabi what we don't know, but there's a lot we know. You know, there was once a chasana. Well, Atanya made a chasana of an enikel. So they had a batchan. So the batchan was a chabad chasad. But he couldn't do batchanas in front of the Balatanya. So he took, uh, he took a bissel mashke, adalayada. So he was more comfortable. He had a chutzpah. Yeah, chutzpah. Good chutzpah, I guess. Chutzpah klapeshmayimah. So he started his batchanas. So how did he start his batchanas? So he started to speak to the Balatanya. He said, I decided recently that between you and me there's not much of a difference. Which was an interesting thing to say. Well, Tanya already in his lifetime was considered a gone, not only Lagabi his generation, but Lagabi many generations. Yeah. They called him the Rav, and they, but as by Mitzvah they said, Rav Tano Polig. Right? There was a. It's going this. It wasn't. wasn't. Uh, wasn't a regular. You don't have to believe it in stories. You just. Look you don't have to believe it, right? Right. Look at the sachin of Shulchan Aruch, and you already see in Nigla and the Kabbalah and Halacha and the sciences. It was not. The, you can think that he reads it well, you can understand the steel, but if you know a little bit more, you see that he covers so much. Loyu uman, loyu uman, yeah. So Shlomo Yosef Zevin writes that uh, he found the Yisaidus of Brisk in Kuntzachin of Shulchan Aruch Harav. All the Yisaidus of Brisk. But in any case, uh, so this person says, the Batchan says, I discovered lately there's no big difference between you and me. So why? What you don't know, I also don't know. Whatever I know, you also know. I said, "Oh, poor Zachin, was he raised with Nichvays Nish? It wasn't a chilek. There's a few things that you know and I don't know. So what's the big difference? What you don't know, I don't know. What I know, you know. There's a couple of things that you know and I don't know. So what's the difference?" He said, "The Alteremba became very emotional from it because it's, it's a true in it. It's a very deep word. What you don't know, Vaysechayich Nish. This could be something much more. And that's ain't safe. Yeah." yeah. Yeah. It's much more than what yeah. you know. Yeah. It's much, always. What you don't know is infinite. What you know is finite. So it's always more. What I know, you also know. There's things you know. And and it's a very, very powerful word. It's a very powerful word. It's like a small difference. Yeah. 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 As we could see, but that is bittel. But that is bittel. No different between Ayidim and Shirabayim. Yeah, Perikut Ches. That's what we learned today. Hakol Kipsayim Etzli Yisparach. So the Nekuda is that uh, the Nekuda is the fact that we don't understand so many things. That's not a chiddush, <laughs> but it's within a context. It's not stam because you don't understand. Therefore, I'll sell you everything. That, that's not. A, that's not a seder. That's not. Because well, because everybody every crook in the world can do that every cult can do that every religion can do that. Well, then they answered something to this. No, no, they oh, said that. My says that he, he got very emotional. I saw Reb Melech. Uh, who does the the Reb Melech Bidman said he started to cry. That I never saw. Mm-hmm. That he started to cry. That I never saw. I saw the Meisr's brother that Rebbe had a no. He was bisraktious. He was. Uh, did you ever the story that a Picoyos came to Rabat's house and asked him questions, and he answered, do you know, do you know a cow? Do you know what he, what he, what he makes, and shit what he makes? And do you understand, do you know a chicken? Do you understand why he makes Yeah, I said it in a shir. I asked. I said it in a shir. Reuven Dunin from uh, Haifa. Yeah, it's a shar for mice. 
He didn't use that word, but... Uh, <laughs> okay. So after all, the rabbi comes in, we need to be a breast. Spouse. Huh? <laughs> the Chiddush of Tefillah is not a Chiddush of Breslov. It's a mitzvah's essay, I'm a davdav, and a Philophar Breslov. You know that, yeah? No Chiddush anywhere. The question is, where, which, well, which, which rabbi pushed uh, stronger, which part? <sighs> Hashem says, Makoil Gadi, why what are the goats? Well, tells you what he doesn't know. So no, Hashem was identifying the Nakuda that it's like a it's a gdi. So they told Hashem it's not a gdi, a behemoth doesn't have das, they're Lamailam and Adas. But Lagabi Hashem, Lagabi Hashem, who is Lamaila and Adas, Das doesn't work. That's what a Gdi is. They were saying it's not a Gdi, it's children. They weren't Typhus Devart. Hashem said it's a Gdi. They said, no, it's not a Gdi, it's people. No, Lagabi Hashem, who's beyond Das, the only way to be in Typhus is not through Das, it's through a Gdi. That's the way to be Typhus. You understand? they were. <laughs> They were dumbing it down. He was dumbing it up. Not dumbing it up. No, dumbing it up. Yeah, dumbing it up. The connection to Malachim, it's not so clear. The Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya is not so clear what's with the Malachim. It seems to me, when we say Raglayim, Hashem's feet, of course, it's a metaphor. Hashem doesn't have feet. So it represents the angels. Malachim means Shluchim, the emissaries. They are the channels for the Hashpah. It says in Zoya clearly, Lifnei Raglov, that the Raglayim of Hashem is the Malachim. Yeah, that says in Zoya. The Malachim generally are called Oimdim. There's a Pasuk, Srofim Oimdim Mima'aloi, right? From Yeshaya. The vision of Yeshaya, that's what he brings. Srofim, which are the angels called Srofim, Oimdim are standing Mima'aloi. There's also a Pasuk, Venasati Lechamahalchim Bein Ha'oimdim, that's in Scharia, where the Malachim are called Oimdim. The Zayar says that the beams of the Mishkan, Krashim, are called Atse Shittim Oimdim, just like the Malachim are called Oimdim. The Krashim, the beams of the Mishkan, which connected the top of the Mishkan and the bottom of the Mishkan, the ground, the beams, the pillars, are called Oimdim. They represent the angels. You stand on your feet, on your Aglayim, right? When you say a person is Oimid, it means you get up on your feet, stand up on your feet. Oimid al Raglam, you stand on your Aglayim. That's why the Malachim are called Oimdim, are called Raglayim. It seems to me we always we refer to in Sfarim as Malachim, as Shluchei Hashpa, the conduits of the flow. Every machshava, every thought that comes into me, basically is a flow. It's a flow of energy that's coming from a particular source. He says here in the Maimah that there, there are chaloys of Haman. There are the chambers of Haman from which these machshavas come into. So I think what the Balatanya perhaps is saying is, Vatipalifnei Raglov that the person is basically begging Hashem that the malachim, the flow of energy, the machshavas that come into me should not be from Amalek. I don't want machshavas of Amalek. I don't want this chutzpah, this gasus to come into my mind. Because that's the power that all these midrash have. So basically, vatipal, vatishanen, she's begging at the feet of, of, of Ahasuerish. We always speak to Hashem. We're not, we don't daven to malachim, chas v'shalom. We don't daven to malachim. 
We daven to Hashem. But vatipul ifnei raglov, what she's asking is that the malachim should channel only, mach, they should not channel machshavas of Amalek. She doesn't want thoughts of Amalek. Get rid of machshavas, homana, agagi, ashachashav, ala yehudim. All of these machshavas. And Pasha asking Hashem, get rid of this chutzpah, this gasas haruach. And then he says another point, where do you put Haman? You put him on a eitz chamishim amar, it has to be tall. Chamishim amar, Hashem malachayis lavish. To, to, when, when there's a sense of geus, of exaltedness, like we learned in the Maimer, right? Another Maimer, that the sense of exaltedness, of inner pride, is what, what, what obliterates Amalek. Because Amalek comes in the name of chutzpah, in the name of this arrogance. It has nothing to it, just arrogance. That's what it is. So the counter, the, the, how do you counteract it? Through holy, holy arrogance, through holy chaos, a sense of exaltedness. You don't, you have this, what's called Yiddish stolz, healthy human Jewish pride and dignity that comes from your true value. It doesn't give room for this hollowness and this superficiality and this insubstantiality, this nothingness that Haman, this type of hatred represents, which is based on Han it's based on nothing. So those are the two points. But only after you have the eight Gavaya Chamishamama where you have to put Haman and his children, which represents Haman and all of his offspring, all of his manifestations. This class is brought to you by the Yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at ww.theyeshiva.net slash donate.